Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Now, let's start this week's episode. But first, don't forget to like and share the podcast on your social media accounts. Um, Eric, can you tell the people exactly who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, my name is Eric Castellano. I'm the CEO and founder of Amazon Lit, uh, which is a consulting business where I help Amazon sellers grow wholesale businesses. I also sell on Amazon myself. This year, we're going to do about $65 million in sales revenue. Respect, respect. Um, when I first started selling on Amazon, you were one of the first people that I found. And I remember this picture that you showed on Instagram that it was when you first started to where you are now. And I have a vision board and that picture is up on my vision board, bro. Like that's seriously, like that's crazy. When did you start selling on Amazon and what Amazon model do you use? Yeah. So we started in 2013. We mm -hmm. initially started like most people start. We were doing uh, retail arbitrage at the time and we did retail arbitrage for about two years and we realized there had to be better opportunity. There had right. to be a quicker way to grow our business. So we made the transition, which took about 18 months. We made the transition into wholesale FBA and now our business is primarily wholesale and that's how we generate our sales and revenue. Nice. What made you pick wholesale over online arbitrage? Was it not that big back then or? Yeah, we never, I never really did any online arbitrage. It just wasn't a thing eight, eight nine years ago when we first started. Um, but it's very similar to retail arbitrage as far as just the restrictions to inventory. You know, mm -hmm. you, can, you can only buy a certain amount, but with wholesale, you can essentially buy as many as you need. Right, right. Um, when you started back in 2013, what made you jump into Amazon? Like, were you just looking for another way to make money or did you see like an ad or something? Yeah, so my business partner, Sebastian, I'm sure a lot of you have seen around. Um, his aunt came to him and said, hey, I know this couple, a good friend of ours who only sell on Amazon and they just bought a house. Okay. And Sebastian was like, they just bought a house? He's like, no way, they just bought a house. And he said, I'm going to do this for one year. I'm going to try it. If mm -hmm. it works, I'll keep doing it. If not, I'll go back to being a waiter. Right. And you, what um, what were you doing? And did, um, did Sebastian bring the idea to you? Like, okay, first off, how did you and Sebastian meet? Yeah, I've known Sebastian. We met in high school, so I've known Sebastian okay. about 18, 18 years now. And then were y'all always cool or like did the business make y'all cooler or like how did that happen? No, we, we were always best friends, you know. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of other smaller businesses together. Uh, okay. And about six months after Sebastian started selling on Amazon, he brought me into his basement and that's the first time I learned about it. And mm -hmm. six months later, I was a full-time employee um, at the Amazon company. Okay. So you were working a different job when you first started with Sebastian doing Amazon. Yeah, I was doing an assortment of things, pizza delivery, car services, uh, automotive care, automotive care, McDonald's, pretty much everything I had a job in and none mm -hmm. of them really stuck. I'd keep them for a couple months quick, get fired. It just wasn't for me. I was also a full-time college student, mm -hmm. but when I found Amazon FBA, I fell in love very quickly and went all in. Okay. When you say very quickly, at what point? Did you like when Sebastian told you like, bro, I got this thing I've been doing for six months is really working. Were you on board when he first told you or were you like, let me check it out first and then see how it goes. No, when he first told me, I laughed because I, I didn't <laughs> okay. understand it. 
I didn't understand the the power that Amazon had. So, and I didn't know anybody who was doing it. And at the time there was no Facebook or YouTube mm -hmm. accounts or Instagram, nobody was talking about it. So I was clueless and I was like, you're joking, right? Right. So then at what point after you started, did you say, okay, wow, this is really something that I don't have to worry about doing another job. I'm gonna go full time in on this. Yeah, so it was about 12 months in, you know, we, we mm -hmm. decided to commit ourselves to 12 months. And after those 12 months, we realized that the opportunity was available to us. And, you know, Sebastian quit his job and I quit mine and we went all in on Amazon. What did that look like? Because you said that you were doing retail arbitrage. So if you were a full time college student and were and working part time, how did how did you find and he was working also? How did you guys find time to go to the stores and find and like find products? Yeah, nights, mornings, basically every waking moment that we weren't doing another responsibility, we were mm -hmm. allocating to Amazon FBA, doing a lot of retail pickups at like Sam's Club and growing those relationships. And it was right. back and forth. Sometimes we'd make two or three retail stops in a day mm -hmm. to get the inventory we needed to grow. Right. Okay, I got two questions that kind of center around what you just said. The first one is where did that drive or that hustle come from? Is that something that you guys both just have? Or was it like the business, like you seeing that it can be something more like bigger that made you go harder? Or is that just something that like you just innately have? Yeah, I've, I've always been a hustler. My hustling day started, you know, probably 13, 14 selling candy, selling candy. jewelry. Yeah. Uh, I was going to Canal Street in downtown Manhattan, buying fake purses and selling them. I was telling them, telling the people who were buying them that they were fake purses. But still, <laughs> right. you get a Duty and Burke or a Gucci or a Prada purse that's, you know, $4,000 and you could pay 120 bucks for it. It looks mm -hmm. cool. People were excited about it. Um, you know, and then a couple years later, I got real caught up in uh, drinking and drugs and I, I spiraled down very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so like what I did was I allocated all of the energy that I did doing the poor habits into good habits. And it took a couple months and a couple years to gain some momentum. But once I really started gaining the momentum, I was unstoppable. Right. I like that. Um, one thing that I've noticed about entrepreneurs and people who have that hustler mindset which I have no science or no type of facts to prove this. This is just my theory. But a lot of us, um, we have this energy and we can either put it into something good or we can put it into something bad. But whichever way we put it in there, we go really hard at it. So I so yeah. like because I've had my struggles also. So I know how it is to just kind of have to focus your thing on like your like that energy that you have onto something that's positive and actually that can help you. I agree 100 percent. I agree 100 percent. Um. So you guys are a year into Amazon working, still going to pick up, like um, going to different stores to do the retail arbitrage and all that. So one thing I get from a lot of people is, oh, I would, it's not even about Amazon. Oh, I, I would start this or I would start this business or that business, but I have a job or I have a family and I don't have time. So what do you think about when people say they don't have time to like do that extra thing? I think obviously the person saying it knows their time schedule the most, but mm -hmm. you know, hearing that a lot from uh, from potential entrepreneurs, potential new business owners, turns out that there's a lot of free time in your day. It's just a matter of how you allocate your days. You know, like going home and watching Netflix for an hour—that's seven hours a week that you can allocate towards a business. So there's there's more there's time. You just need to make time. Right, right. Um, okay, so. 
you said that that y'all did retail arbitrage for two years. So at what yeah. point or what happened to where y'all decided to switch over to doing wholesale? Was it like you kind of hit the ceiling of like as much as you can do with like retail arbitrage? Yeah, we were at the time, two years in, we were doing a couple million dollars a year. And off of just really, retail arbitrage? Off of just retail arbitrage, yeah. Just, and it was, oh, wait, sorry, 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 sorry. Just, <laughs> just you two or did you have employees going out to other stores also? Uh, no, no. So we had at the time, it was probably two or three employees. But okay. two years in, we had, there was probably a total of five or six of us at that okay. time. And did you have um, like deals with the stores to like hold products for you or like that type yeah. of thing? It, it wasn't just like going to the store and searching for products. You were like going no, to pick no. up things, right? Yeah. The first year it was in and out the stores, in and out the stores. And mm -hmm. at the time there was no Keepa or Sellers app. So we'd literally write down UPCs and pricing on a piece of paper, go mm -hmm. back home, research them, and then go back to the store and buy them. Um, and then year two, we started building relationships with these retail stores and mm -hmm. they essentially were really our first wholesale relationship because we started to be able to buy large quantities and not have to shop the store to get them. That is what I like. I tell people about that and they look at me like, oh, I had no idea that you can do that because I started selling used books. And then when the, um, when the whole lockdown and stuff happened, I had to move over to doing groceries because everything else was closed. But I will find yeah. these re I will find these replenishables that I can buy and then sell over and over and over. But I got tired mm -hmm. of going to like five different stores trying to get enough to be able to fulfill what I needed on Amazon. So I got the idea once that I'm gonna just go to the manager and say, "Look, I want you to order me 200 of these sandwich bags or 200 yeah. of these soaps, and then do that." And that's how I kind of do my replenishables now, so I don't have to go to the store or drive to um eight different stores trying to get it up so yeah i like that Absolutely. i love that that's the same way we operated so what made you want to start amazon lit so it was the it was 2018 almost to the day 2018 so four years ago i was sitting right here in my office sebastian's office is on this wall right next to me and i saw my first ever youtube advertisement for a course Okay. Um, I was very excited because I've never seen one before, you know, keep in mind this was four years ago. And Sebastian and I ran to his office. I was like, bro, you got to check this out. And he, he's like, let's buy it. You know, so we, we spent, I think it was $3,000. We bought it mm -hmm. and we watched maybe 10 or 15 minutes of it. And in those first 10 or 15 minutes, I saw a lot of things that were inaccurate, were against Amazon's terms of service and just weren't true to the industry. Mm -hmm. And I was very disappointed. You know, so in that moment, we said, listen, we have to become the go-to resource for Amazon FBA and provide the most valuable and up-to-date information to the community. And we said, what are we going to call it? And we threw some names around and we settled on Amazon Lit that night, registered the business and everything. Does the name Amazon Lit have like a special meaning? Because the word Lit started to become popular. Like it wasn't popular like around that time. So you're like kind of like a um founding father of the word lit. So <laughs> does it have like a meaning? No, it was just kind of it was right when it started, you know, catching okay. some waves in the in the community and and in mm -hmm. oh, really nationally and internationally, lit was becoming a more common term. Okay. We were like let's just call it Amazon lit, you know? And then our logo at the time was like light your fire. Right. Because mm -hmm. I find that speaking with a lot of people, most people just need a little push to achieve greatness, you know? So like right. our goal is to light that fire under them, to give them that push. Okay. So, um, Amazon lit is a Amazon consulting, consulting firm, but you also have a course too, right? Yes. 
Yes. What, um, um, how does the course work? Yeah, so uh, we have a course as well as a further advanced mentorship called Inner Circle. Our course comes with three pillars. The, it's a framework, step-by-step video recordings of the same process that I use in my business mm-hmm. to continually grow regardless of the landscape of Amazon. The second pillar is live weekly coaching. It's important that our community has access to me and Sebastian so they can ask those questions and get over those hurdles. Mm -hmm. And the third pillar is access to our private Facebook community, which right now has about 700 Amazon wholesale businesses. Oh, wow. And with the course, is it teaching wholesaling or is it teaching more than one type of model or is it like focused on wholesaling? Yeah, so it's the foundation of the program. About 80% of it is Amazon Wholesale, but we also do in-depth breakdown of Seller Central, which is good Mm -hmm. regardless of what business model you're doing. And we do a very thorough breakdown of creating new listings Mm -hmm. um, for Amazon Wholesale bundles or for even private label. It's super beneficial. And we do an in-depth breakdown of PPC advertising as well. Okay. Um, Do you recommend new Amazon sellers go straight to Wholesale? Yeah, so I, I suggest if you're brand new, right, and you don't have five to $8,000 to really get started with wholesale, I suggest starting with retail arbitrage or online arbitrage mm-hmm. and spending a few hundred bucks not to make money, but just to learn the game, right? Process your first order, deal with your first customer complaint, send in your first inventory, add your first product to your catalog. It's going to teach you a lot about the game. Right. So let's say a person... Let's just say me, for example, I've been doing Amazon for two years. I kind of know the basics. I'm, I'm not a professional, but I'm an intermediate in it. And I want to move into doing wholesaling. What kind of tips would you give somebody that wanted to do like somebody in that situation? Yeah. So the first step was in order to do Amazon wholesale, you need wholesale relationships. Right. So the first step is, you know, hopping in Google and Googling, preferably local to you or local to the country that you plan on selling in and start Googling, you know, grocery distributors, um, beauty, personal care, wholesalers, toy wholesalers, just a bunch of different keywords. And you can find all the keywords right on Amazon. You just select categories and you can literally use all those categories and then search for those wholesalers and start building relationships because you need the catalogs to get access to the products. Right. Um, should I do that manually or is, is there like a software that you recommend that somebody use when like I'm searching through these wholesalers products? Like, is that like a, a manual situation or a um, program? No, there's definitely programs out there. So they're called UPC scrapers, you know, cause a lot of these catalogs will have 30, 40, 50,000 items on them. It will take you a month to go through them. Uh, a software I recommend is called scan unlimited. Um, it's probably the most advanced one on the market right now and a new one coming out that my business partner Sebastian created. So keep oh. an eye out for it. It's called Source Correct and that will be available in a couple months or so. How important do you think it is for Amazon sellers to like network with other Amazon, other Amazon sellers, maybe through social media or like that type of thing? Yeah, I think it's crucial. I, I literally can, I can probably allocate 90, 80 to 90% of my, of my success to the community that I immerse myself in, you know, between building relationships with vendors and building relationships with community members and people in the industry, I'm always surrounded by people who are teaching me something new. So not only do I help them, but they help me in return. So building a community around your industry is massive and will help you greatly. Nice. Do you recommend new sellers to learn through YouTube University 
or through courses? Like, what do you think is the, it's like your, what way do you recommend is the best way to start learning? Yeah. So here's the thing with like YouTube university and, and, and any other stuff that's scattered around, it's not linear. Right. right. So in order to in order to scale, you need a linear process that break down step by step, create your Amazon or register a business, create your Amazon account, product research, purchasing the product, requesting discounts, packaging the product, shipping the product, dealing with customer returns. And it's tough to find all that scattered around on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube because it's never concise and linear. So mm -hmm. I always suggest if you have the funds, just get into the course. And, and it will be literally laid out for you and right. you won't have any confusion of where to go next because it's a process that works. When you were back doing retail arbitrage with Sebastian in the first year, did you ever think that you would be where you're at now? No, no, it wasn't a goal of ours. We didn't expect it. it we, we didn't plan on becoming one of the largest FBA sellers in the world. It just, it just happened a lot, a lot of nights of hard work. Yeah. At what point... In your in y'all's in your journey of becoming one of the largest FBA sellers in the world, did you realize you were going to be one of the largest FBA sellers in the world? Um, I would say probably year four or five when we started doing like twenty, thirty million dollars a year. Um, it, it was just amazing to us, and we we're like, you know what, we could probably scale this thing to a hundred mil so uh, a year, and and that's our next goal. When you when you were those are some big ass numbers, man. When, <laughs> when you were like, I'm gonna just say when you did your first million in sales, like, do you like remember that? I honestly, I do not remember it. It was a long time ago. I'm that sure shows it was you exciting, that you're making a lot of money. Excitement. You that know? shows you that you're making a lot of money. You, you know, you know what, Lewis? I would like to state that I think the first thousand dollars I made on Amazon was mm -hmm. more exciting than even the five, six million a month we're doing now because the first thousand dollars made me realize the opportunity. It was um it was um proof of proof of concept. Yes, hundred percent. What do your friends and family think of what you like now? I'm sure they're used to it, but once you like really started to go super hard at it, like what did like what did your friends and family think think of it? Because most of them probably had their regular jobs, and like you're doing this whole new thing that people don't even know you can sell stuff on Amazon and like all that. Yeah, yeah, they were very surprised, and some of them reach out to me and ask questions, and and you know, and some of them have actually started building their own Amazon businesses because of it. My family's super grateful because. They've seen me at the lowest of lows through alcoholism and drug addiction, and now they see me thriving and doing really well. So they're super happy about the opportunity that I've taken. That is awesome. Uh, let me see. I'll make sure. That's my good my point. How can you people scare your business? All right. I don't want to keep you forever because I know people who are doing 20 and 30 million dollars like y'all are busy, busy people. So um, my last question that I want to ask you and that I ask everybody that comes on my podcast is, do you think it is possible for a regular person to actually become a full time Amazon seller or do you have to have this special skill or talent? No, I'm a regular person. Sebastian's a regular person. When I first started selling on Amazon, I knew nothing about selling on Amazon. Fast forward eight years, I'm an industry leader. It won't happen overnight, but if you commit yourself to anything, not just Amazon, if you commit yourself to anything, you can, you can become a professional in that industry as well. Perfect. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you giving me this time to come on the podcast. Um, last thing is, where can the people who don't know, where can they get in contact with you? 
Yeah, best place would be Instagram, Amazon underscore lit, or you can check out our YouTube channel. Please, it's Amazon lit as well. Please send me a message. I want to get to know you. I want to help you grow your business, and I want to be there when you reach that next milestone in your company. That's awesome, Eric. I really appreciate you giving me this time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a good day, man. You as well, brother. Thank you. Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six and seven figure Amazon sellers. Subscribe to Lewis's YouTube channel to see the podcast in video format and to learn how to start selling on Amazon.